0: What's up everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Creative Crunch. Coming to you live from Denver Startup Week. Uh, If you don't know who I am and you are joining me, uh, my name is Curtis Tucker. I am a freelance content creator and photographer working in Denver, which is why we are at Denver Startup Week. Uh, Today I made it to two workshops in the growth track, And I also hung out at Basecamp a little bit. And I'm actually sitting in Basecamp right now recording this episode. So if you hear uh, any chatter or background noise, um, it's because there is a lot of entrepreneurial, small business uh, things going on around me. There was this morning when I uh, came by. There was people working at the desks. Uh, There was free coffee. There's free Red Bull. Um, there's like a little phone booth thing, and they have some coloring activities. So, Base Camp is uh, pretty awesome, and I'm kind of looking forward to hanging out here more and more during Denver Startup Week. So, I'm going to go ahead and get right into it and tell you guys what I went to today. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Creative Crunch. of crime. so the first session that i went to today was at swift page downtown um, and i still need to google them and figure out what they're all about but it was really cool the title of the session was called the best leads are right under your nose and it was presented by their ceo john o Um, what was really cool about this is there was three big takeaways and there was three things that they structured uh, this presentation around one was, you are only as good as your information. And they have some C's, the four C's, to elaborate on that. And then there is the quotation of, gold in them our hills, right? The existing customer base um, really is a great place to not only resell and sort of develop uh, a collector base in our terms, or you know investors or things like that to use business language, um, Not only can you do that, but there's existing customers there. You can resell to them, and then they're great people. Your existing customers are also just great people in general to just ask who else could benefit from your services. And I definitely agree with that. Um, That's kind of primarily how a lot of my photography business goes down is if I'm taking pictures of one person, how do I then either resell to that person, right, take multiple photo shoots with that person, or how do I then get them to refer me, right, is it through a Facebook review or is it through this more direct process of just client-to-client referral, uh, but that's probably a bulk of my photography business right now, is through this philosophy that they were using at SwiftPage, which is gold in them hills, right, the existing customer base um, is a great To just tap into both for recurring sales and sort of reselling and also generating new leads then the third takeaway from this presentation was to just get your tech act together and we will kind of get into that but it's basically just experimenting and using the best uh, technology out there and streamlining your technology uh, to best benefit your creative practices taking a drink of my free Red Bull here. I'm just going to, the editing and the audio is just going to be a little bit more unpolished, but that's okay because the goal is to really just hit the 30-minute mark. Kind of talk about uh, my experiences through Denver Startup Week. Um, so just bear with me as we get through this. Uh, so the three takeaways from the Swift Page presentation, the best leads are right under your nose, right? So if we start with the four C's, which supports that first takeaway, um, which was only as good as your info. You are only as good as the information you have on your clients. So in order to get good information, they expanded this into the four C's. And so these four C's uh, will help you test and know whether or not the client information you have is good, right? And is is uh, up to date, right? We don't really want to wait for the emails to... Ping back, right? And you don't want to see bad return rates. What you really want to do is be proactive about this, right? So, real quick, here are the four C's currency, correctness, consistency, and completeness, right? And now let's get into this. These first two, currency and correctness. Is your information current and is it correct, right? Do you have the proper email? Do you have both of their emails? Do you have the personal one and the business one? Do you, have you captured their phone? Um, All of that, right, Is, is all of your customer profiles current and correct? Now what this really made me think about was the stuff on Walls days when I was producing independent events, right? Um, I really think I fell short in collecting um, artist information, uh, you know, and unless they were kind of at the top of the pile, there wasn't really a database of artists. And I really don't think because I wasn't doing it, I don't think the artists and the people that were attending stuff on walls were also um, collecting that, you know, and I think... If you see a successful crafter or you see someone who is successful on the craft fair circuit, they're really good at capturing those client emails and they have a sign-up sheet, things like that, right? So you really want to be capturing uh, that information and you want to make sure that it's current and it's correct. Moving on to consistency. Uh, The point that John, the CEO of SwiftPage, was making is that you want your information to be consistent across all platforms, right? Is your Google Calendar synced up across all platforms, and same goes for all of your client information. Can you access your client information from your mobile device when you're at a showcase, an exhibition, a networking event, Denver Startup Week? You know, Can you access that from your mobile device, as well as computers, as well as your home base, your home office, whatever that is, is your client information consistent across all of these platforms, right? And then moving on to the fourth fourth C, you're really looking at completeness. Now, what was really interesting about this is this is what pushed my thinking here, right? When I saw the word completeness, what I thought was um, basically like a contact form, right? Like is the contact form complete? Are you getting people to fill out everything in the contact form, right? Simple, easy enough. That's what I thought, but as John highlighted, you wanna even capture your interactions with your clients, you know? Um, During the Stuff on Walls days, I would kind of keep a mental tab of who I was seeing uh, repeatedly, what kind of artists were being great at not only both signing up, but being proactive in the marketing and things like that. So I would keep kind of a mental list Right, of these interactions, but now building my new photography business and this content creation business and whatever that is, and being a sole proprietor, um, I definitely need to be documenting and capturing every time someone books a photo session, actually shows up for that photo session, notifies me when they have received and downloaded their photos, and my um, connections with them. You know, like, am I doing my job of Uh, inviting them to every single event that's coming up? Am I learning how to funnel them into uh, larger sessions, right? Like if I do a free headshot or if I do a $30 photo session, Am I reselling to them? And am I documenting the efforts that go into that resell and the contact that is happening in between? Because I think what that will lead to for me is something that I hadn't considered, which was the cost of customer acquisition, right? How much money am I spending on my customers to acquire them, to get them down and booked to a photo session? What I'm, I've always thought about it in terms of time right right? like how many hours and then I've turned the hours into money but now I really am interested in kind of doing the math and seeing what is the cost of customer acquisition how much is it costing me to get uh, a person to go from interested to booking a session so I think that'll be kind of interesting to highlight so that was kind of the first takeaway right and then The second takeaway was the gold is in them, their hills, right? And this is, again, existing customers, mining them, right? Renewed, upsold, and saved, right? Customers are the best. Ask them who else needs photos, and it is always cheaper to resell to a client than it is to acquire a new one. And I thought that that was fascinating, and I definitely have seen that in my photography business. The cost of getting a person from a... $30 $30 photo shoot, you know, at a park to a hundred dollar studio visit, you know, that is a lot cheaper. It takes a lot less time to go from free headshots to studio visits than it does to just sit there and draft emails and do cold calls and send out a hundred things to get one thing back, you know. Um, so, I thought that that was a really interesting takeaway from Swift Page. I really look forward to kind of uh, Googling them and learning more about them, and definitely learning more about their CEO, John. I really loved their philosophy. They had t shirts and hats to give away during the session, the workspace was open. If you follow me on Instagram at Curtis Crunch, you can kind of see some of the pictures of the office I took. They had uh, scooters and just the bright color orange and glass walls in the conference spaces and flexible spaces. And so I really think that that was a great space to be in. And I think is a great uh, side perk of Denver Startup Week, right, is to not only gain access to CEOs and to network and to bump into all sorts of people, but to see creative office spaces and to see sort of this new architecture and style in action. And it's been really cool for me to see that with my eyes. I personally have not been exposed to that a lot. So it's cool to kind of see flex spaces and workspaces uh, moving. So we're going to take a quick break because we're hitting the 10 minute mark. And then once we get back from a little song or from a little uh, break, we will get into my next workshop, which was all about event planning. Thanks for listening. What's up, everyone? I hope you enjoyed that little break. I am doing my best to edit this episode 100% from my phone, recording it from my phone. Uh, You should notice a jump in the audio quality tomorrow because I will actually bring my microphone with me. Uh, Improvise, adapt, overcome, right? I'm using my uh, headphones right now to record this. So at least you're kind of getting that. Uh, But if you hear any background noise, again, that is all the creative hustle happening here at Denver Startup Week inside of Basecamp. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the other session that I was able to go to today. Both of these sessions were on the growth track. If you're not familiar with Denver Startup Week, there's about five or six different tracks that you can take kind of interested in and centered around different professions and different skill sets. Uh, you guys know me. I'm kind of a generalist, a master of none. So I'm hopping around and doing a lot of different things. But today happens to be all about the growth track. So moving on, my second session was called where to start with events when you're starting up, right? And. If you are connected to Facebook or LinkedIn, I mean, you are probably inundated with requests to go to events like I am. Uh, the weekends easily fill up with multiple things to do, and there's always something to go to, right? And you have FOMO, fear of missing out. And so there's just a lot of events, and they have really seeped into everything. The presenters for this session actually did B to B events, and that means business to business. B to C is business to consumer, and I even think there's C to C now, which would kind of be, I think, like eBay, consumer to consumer. Um, But they focused on B2C events, and I thought that that was really interesting uh, to kind of hear events from that side. And you guys know me and my experiences with stuff on walls and with gallery exhibitions and being a co-curator. So I was kind of familiar with events, which is this was more uh, not necessarily a um, learning experience for me, but more of a uh, touch base and kind of see where the industry is at kind of thing. And um, it's right where I thought it was, you know, events are a part of the recruiting process, they are part of the hiring process, the headhunting process, they are definitely a part of the creative industries, um, attending them, going to them, craft fairs, art fairs, you name it, I mean, she put up this giant wordle of events and all the kinds of events there are trade shows road shows you know things like that so let's kind of get into what they were talking about What they were really talking about is the fact that our world is so digital now and the increasing amount of digital um, in our lives is only making face-to-face more valuable, right? And people wanting to crave those face-to-face experiences. And I really think that this sentiment is mirrored in the music industry, right? Especially now that um, music has become so commodified and you can stream anything. Uh, the concert tickets now are even more and more expensive and you even see unethical things happening like what happened recently with Ticketmaster working with scalpers to actually scalp tickets, right? Because the product of music is so accessible um, and really there's no money in the actual song anymore, you're seeing the event, the concert become more and more valuable. And I think this is sort of true for what we're experiencing with the creative industries, um, You know, because exhibitions are so Instagrammable and those moments are so Instagrammable, actually going to the exhibition is even more and more valuable and even more and more coveted and more and more of a status symbol, I would have to say, right? If you have access to the certain um, art industry events, if you can afford tickets, if you have certain memberships, things like that, um, and uh, access to events, it's definitely a status thing. Uh, Moving on, they talked a lot about audience and how you really need to know who your event is for rather than where it's going to be or what it's going to serve, right? This is all about who you want to show up and what is going to happen. And I think what was really interesting is they even went into knowing the mindset of one of the attendees of your event, right? how do they think what do they know what do they want to know do they have a desire to learn how are they feeling and what are they going to do and i think that was really interesting i definitely kept that in mind with stuff on walls that is why i repeatedly used diy spaces accessible spaces Um, it steered me away from things later on after realizing um, you know what the audience wants and really looking for where the audience is and where they're kinda hanging out and what they were already doing and piggybacking off of that. If the audience was super stoked and Facebook was abuzz about what was going on in the Rhino District for Final Friday, I would try to wiggle myself into Final Friday somehow, right? And if it was First Friday in the Santa Fe Arts District, I would figure out how to wiggle my way into the Arts District on Santa Fe and find a space there. Right? So it's really more about knowing where your audience is, where your audience is going, where is it hot and uh, trending for your audience right now. What are they into and where are they going? And that's where you should be putting your event. You shouldn't be putting your event in no man's land expecting people to come all the way to you. You shouldn't expect your audience to use public transit if it's nowhere near a light rail or a bus stop, right? Like, you have to know your audience going into this. And then I think the other interesting thing to take away from this is, like, the ownership over the event. Uh, Stuff on walls, nine times out of ten, I owned the event. Uh, When it was an exhibition and when I was co-curating, obviously I did not own the event, and I really had to work with the gallery's rules and work with uh, the other professionals in the industry to navigate that. So that's always important to think of, especially if you own a studio. Are you having events uh, and studio visits on your own terms? Is your artist collective having events on their own terms? And then both, are you also participating in events as a collective, as a studio, as an artist, things like that? It's also important to keep these three questions in mind. Uh, Who, why, and what? Who, obviously being your audience, which we've talked about. Why is your business priority? Why are we having this event, right? I had stuff on walls because I knew there was a lot of independent artists who just wanted to test things out with low barriers of entry, right? Low fees, low risks they wanted a safer space to play with a lower barrier of entry so what is the business priority what are you as the creative professional trying to get from this event and then what what is your measurable objective are you trying to actually sell a bunch of art are you trying to sell a bunch of products that night or are you just trying to get a bunch of people to sign up to your newsletter and really grow that um you know like i think that would be a great goal to capture uh in january february march right like if you're a crafter and you're running the craft fair circuit january february march can you capture a bunch of client information so that you're getting higher attendance to the fairs and events and more sales at the fairs and events that you're going to over the summer so it's kind of thinking about that kind of thing and really just slowing down in the last two minutes of this recap i want to break down the pyramid that they gave us uh, and this was starts with a foundation and the foundation is how many meetings how many attendees and sessions and scans what it, what, what metric can you have at the foundation uh, of your event that really shows hard data in terms of attendance and then building on that in your audience how can you give them a voice Uh, do you have a survey afterwards if you capture somebody's email at a craft fair uh, this is the example that we're just going to run with i guess this episode but if you capture somebody's email at a craft fair or a pop-up event how soon are you following up and like really asking about their experience of the event Uh, if you owned that event or not right like are they happy with their purchase Uh, can you show them your web store things like that giving your audience a voice to kind of give feedback on the event and then this goes into brand impact which shows are they more aware are there more purchases happening what is sort of the before and after of the event right like if you're getting a metric of an attendee before the event, you also need to be getting a metric from the attendee after the event so that you can see what's going on and see the impact of the ad event. And then that leads into you know this overall business impact, this uh, leads, revenue, and engagement. I have a whole other page of notes. Maybe I'll get to that in some other form of social media. But I am kind of sticking to my little rule for a 10-minute recap of these sessions. I'm gonna go find some food. I think there's like a little farmer's market happening with free samples. So I'm gonna go find that, see uh, who else I can bump shoulders with. And uh, we're gonna just take a quick break and then I'm gonna do a little in-house advertising and we're gonna wrap up today's episode. All right, welcome back. Uh, I hope I'm killing it with the editing here, doing it on the fly from my phone. Just wanted to thank you so much for listening to today's mini-sode. I'm going to be doing these all throughout the week as I go to Denver Startup Week, uh, just to kind of immediately share as much information as I can, as fresh as it is in my brain, uh, to just kind of disseminate that to all of my listeners and to anyone who may be Wasn't able to go to the same sessions I was able to go to or things like that. If you are at Denver Startup Week, uh, make sure you get on get at me on Instagram or Twitter at Curtis Crunch. I would love to meet some of you guys at headquarters or some of the other parties happening this week. and if something resonated with you, you know, feel free to leave an audio message here, right here on Anchor. And uh, if you wanna support me and you wanna keep me at conferences and learning engagements like this and you want me to do the learning for you, consider clicking that listener support link in the description of this episode. That will take you to a page on Anchor where you can securely make a 99 cent donation. Uh, just that alone is enough fuel and fire to keep going to events like Denver Startup Week and possibly afford fees to other conferences and events in the future. So if you enjoy learning through this podcast and you want to support that, there's a way to do that. And you can also share this episode out on Spotify or tweet it and make sure you mention me when you do that. It's greatly appreciated and it helps this thing grow organically. Uh, Thanks so much. We will see you guys tomorrow. I have no idea what I'm doing because I haven't looked at my calendar for a while. So it'll be kind of a surprise. But follow me on Twitter and Instagram to kind of keep up with this as we go. And then at the end of every day, I will be doing a Creative Crunch recap episode. All right. Have a great day and keep that hustle up. And we will check in with you guys tomorrow.